welcome to Side Talks. It's a podcast. You you knew that already because you're listening to it. They may not. They may be like, what is this? They, they just uh, Encino manned themselves. Yeah. They this just looks woke terrible. Up and- this sound. This looks like it could be terrible. These two these two imbeciles talking about who knows what. Let's listen to it and make fun of them. Well, you're not wrong if you're approaching <laughs> it from that perspective. Uh, who are you and what are we doing here? I'm Rachel Morgan. I do stuff with Sidewalk. The I'm, film festival yeah, and the cinema. It, those are both good things. My name's Corey Kraft. We're here to argue, well, not entirely, not exclusively argue, <laughs> mostly. Uh, but mostly argue. We're here we're to 96% have, fresh arguments. Yeah, we're here to discuss movies. So why don't we discuss some movies starting with arguing? Let's do it. Get ready for a five minute fight. Five minute round one fight. fight. So I'm rolling up my sleeves for a reason here. I know. All right. It's time for a five-minute fight. It's five-minute fight time. You've come prepared with a stack of notes against Uh me because I foolishly agreed. Start the clock. To argue I'm ready. This is is to intimidate you. Okay, I'm intimidated, all right. I foolishly agreed to argue in favor of Ben Affleck, who I think is a pretty good actor and a pretty good director. Now, tell me uh, what the hell is wrong with that argument oh you just are setting yourself up like bowling pins and i'm a fucking champion knock them down here we go okay so let me just get on started here so first of all you were sort of like worried because you'd forgotten about the kevin smith film what i'm gonna tell you is that the okay the kevin smith films are actually that is the stuff that i would go pro for Mm. Uh, he's not, he, he's sort of himself in these films, right? He's like, that's the dude he is in Mallrats. Yeah. Right. That's uh, fine. So he's, he does these sort of like smaller roles and he's, he's that dude in Dazed and Confused too, by the way. Like that's, he's great in Dazed and Confused. If he existed in the world as that, I would have no issue. I probably wouldn't even take much notice of him. He's like every dude I went to high school with. Fine. We get to Goodwill Hunting, okay, and this guy starts pissing me off because this is when he becomes the movie star. <laughs> this is when him and his best friend make a, a mediocre film with a great director, and all of a sudden they're on. I'd reverse those descriptors. Oh, by the way, oh boy, here we go. He's on the cover of every magazine with things like Big Ben, and it's him with his shirt off, you know, scowling at me. So that's just for starters. He's annoying. That film is not good. He's not good in it. It's. He gets way more pats on the back and praise than he ever should have. But here's where I'm going to go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Jersey Girl. You're bad. Sur- uh, surviving Christmas. Bad. Reindeer Games. Bad. Geely. Very bad. Yeah. He's just not that into you. I, I don't even know what that is. And he's in a film called Fucking Paycheck. The name of the fucking film. A John film Woo movie, which is bad. Is Paycheck. Okay. Yeah. So there's all that. Then we've got the Benefer. Not just one benefit, but two sure. benefits. You care a lot more about that sort of thing. Than I, I do. It's not that I care. It's in my face. It's annoying. He had Benifer alone. That name alone. He's in the Jenny from the Block video, looking smug as fuck. Okay. Terrible. Terrible. If you say so. Do you need me to go here? Batman. He's not good as Batman. Okay. Well, he's terrible. not bad as Batman, but those movies are bad. He's fine as Batman. I'm just saying. I'm just. I don't actually care. Look, I'm throwing that out there because that's is, what's going to win me the fight. This is a career that's had peaks and valleys. There's no question about it. But I think that the peaks, uh, which would include most of the movies he's directed, uh, his performance in Gone Girl, a couple other performances. I, I mean, I think those peaks kind of outweigh the valleys. And there are some deep ass valleys. You didn't even mention Daredevil. I'm supposed to be arguing pro Ben Affleck, but there's Why no. Are you doing this then? Look, you mentioned, but look, you mentioned Gone Girl. Yeah. So let me tell you about Gone Girl. Which is great. We've already had an argument about it. We have, but that's why I'm going a different direction because it's not about whether or not that film is decent or not. You know where I stand. Yeah. This is, he holds up shooting on this film. 
Filming comes to a halt, and he takes up everybody on the crew's time because he refused to wear a fucking Yankees I cap. I think that was a David Fincher joke. I don't actually uh, believe that. that all right, fine. Next, go ahead, because I got a long list here, so keep going. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just like I'm not going to hold <laughs> the bad movies he made against him because what? I think he's done. I, I think he's done good work in subsequent years. Again, like ups and downs. Not everything he's done has been, I mean, remotely good. A lot of those movies you've mentioned are awful, but. In his a older age, in his older age, I think he's matured into a very good actor. This uh, past year, he gave I think what's one of his better performances in a movie called The Way Back, which is kind uh. of. Uh, a step beyond the typical redemptive sports movie that I think he does a lot of really great stuff in. Um, look, I'm not, this is not like a fervent defense of Ben Affleck, but I Clearly. think he's gotten a bad shake over the years being a tabloid darling, the, he, okay, you know, the oh, center as of if, attention. As if that's I, not his choice. As if, oh, I, I, I can't, I don't, these tabloids I don't think it, just I don't want think to it be always uh, has been. Um, look, I, I, I think he's gotten kind of a bad rap. Uh, he's gone through a lot of personal difficulties that have made oh, things. Oh, speaking of. Okay, go ahead. Here we go. Since you're not going to hold his bad movies against him, then I'm going to go ahead and let's talk about his back tattoo. I mean, okay, if we're going to well, go there's there. No defending that. Let, let me let me quote. It's as if a black light ex- black light exploded and a Spencer Gifts came pouring out. That's one of the quotes about <sighs> his back tattoo. Here's another one. It looks like it's having playback issues. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> I can't argue okay, with that. So his back tattoo alone is going to get me 20,000 well, points. You may well win this argument, but look, I'm I'm rooting for Ben Affleck. I think he's a fine actor. I what think about he's the got, goatee in Chasing Amy? There's no... Okay, <laughs> but that was 1997, and everybody Doesn't was make making it okay. bad decisions. Doesn't make it okay. Um, look, I, I think he's got a lot of good work <laughs> ahead of him. I'm excited to see where he goes in his career next. Wait, you just said you're excited to see where Ben Affleck goes yes, next I in am. his career. Yes, I am. I really You're am. You're the only person on the planet, including so. maybe himself. Eh, maybe. I, look, I don't think so. Uh, look, again, not historically the best actor, but I'm rooting for him. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> you're rooting for Ben Affleck. Yeah. You, you know, that's that where you landed upstart... I'm not saying anything else. Okay, fine. You know, upstart Ben Affleck. He needs, he needs some... Uh, he doesn't need he anything from on. anybody. He does this to himself. Mm. He embarrasses himself. Mm. Oh, man. Knocking <laughs> 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 yeah, shit over. All right. Uh, I'll keep this short because I literally typed out at the beginning. Rachel immediately wins. <laughs> uh, Fine. Just not Fine. a fan of Ben Affleck. Um, don't think I'm in the minority. I'm going to say Ben Affleck gets 10,000 points for becoming the public face of sadness. and <laughs> totally. loses, And then loses all of them for his back tattoos. And Corey gets a thousand points for the phrase "deep ass valleys." Um, and <laughs> ben so, yeah, Affleck's just... deep ass valleys. <laughs> so yeah, Rachel immediately wins this one, like two million points. Ben so Affleck's simple. just terrible. Y'all, y'all, so y'all, simple. y'all are mean. I wish that I guy, y'all are mean. that guy acts like a dick. He looks like a dick. That guy's a dick. Come on. Wind chimes. I hear them in the distance. It's time for. Why don't you sing it? Reflections. So beautiful. Thank you. So here's what I thought we would talk a little bit about today. Okay. And and, and I've come in here. You're, this is cold. I'm just throwing this at you. Yeah, I have no idea what's, what's coming. I, I feel like you're going to have an opinion about it. So And, and you just, you know, I, I, you're more up on the news than I am, so I'm surprised that you're not bringing this. But I, I'm going to go ahead and throw it at you, and that is that, boy, Netflix is currently on a tear. Oh, yeah. They are just buying up studio movies left and right. Mm-hmm. It's as if they are um, just... 
sitting in a big, huge high chair, happy as hell at the falling and upset that's happening to the cinemas, and they're just gobbling up everything in their path. So I thought I'd just throw that out there on the table to talk about. Clearly, I have a particular perspective of it, yeah. of it about it. Um, clearly, I'm coming from a cinema angle and have you know personal thoughts about this and personal you know things to win and lose, so to speak. So, but what do you what do you, what are your thoughts here? Well, so for a little bit of context, as we were recording this a couple of days ago, Netflix just released its intimidatingly enormous 2021 slate. Right. Um, they're making movies with just about everybody uh, on the planet, including past five-minute fight subject Leonardo DiCaprio um, in a movie called Don't Look Up, which is it, it features an ensemble cast with Jennifer Lawrence and Timothy Chalamet and Meryl Streep. And uh, it's directed by the guy who made the big short and Vice, Adam McKay. Yeah. So it's clearly their big awards contender. They're going to go, apart from all the stuff that they have developed themselves, right? right? Apart from all the stuff Original that they content. have um, funded themselves, which they have proudly announced in, you know, they're obviously also going to go to Sundance. They're going to go to South by in whatever form South by takes this year. They're going to go to Toronto. They're going to buy more stuff too, just like they did this past year. Um, so Netflix has announced that they're planning to release a movie a week. <laughs> Um, I mean, they walk into every room with their dick in their hand. Essentially. Uh, that is what this is. I mean, this big, like, splashy announcement of we got awards contenders, we've got big action movies with The Rock and Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds, we got this, we got this, we've got movies literally for everybody, what are you going to do about it? Get on your knees and bow to us, we are Netflix, we now own everything. Um, and I have to say, like... If the, if I think the purpose of that was to just you know put all the studios on notice in a particular <laughs> moment of weakness for the studios because the studios so are like uh, well we've got some movies that we've had in the can since 2019 and we haven't had an opportunity to release them uh, but if right. you're interested in buying them we would like to sell them to you because we don't have any other way of making money right now um, oh it's sad. It's a it's a it's a weird time needless to say. I think Netflix was building up to this type of slate. They've been mm -hmm. building up to this for the past few years. The pandemic is almost it's almost kind of secondary to Netflix's global domination strategy. You could argue that they they started moving this direction 5 years ago when they you know, came out, they released their, I, I don't know if it was their first original film, it was or one of their first original films, Beasts of No Nation, the Kerry Fukunaga mm -hmm. movie with Idris Elba, that got some Oscar buzz, but then people were like, I don't know if we should reward Netflix, uh, because is that even a movie? Well, we're well past that point by now. Six years later in the, the theatrical landscape, uh, and the Hollywood landscape is wildly different. Netflix is writing giant checks to auteur filmmakers and to popular filmmakers and to big movie stars. And right now, I mean, I hate to say it, but they're looking pretty much unstoppable at this point, right? Like, what are oh, you going to do? Oh, I'm glad that you went there. Because my my first question, though, is – so I have a two two questions to throw your way uh -huh. that are sort of, you know, not answerable. I love throwing not answerable questions <laughs> at you. But the first is, what are – why? Why are they do what – what is it – I mean, they already – look, everybody yeah. already has a damn Netflix subscription, it's right? It's not like they can – 
grow their subscriber base substantially. There's right? only so big a, you can get. And I mean, I you can ask pretty much anybody on the street right now, hey, do you subscribe to Netflix? Or do you have an do you have access to an yeah. account? Or there's another direction they go, which is to really just try to throttle everybody, you know, and, and make sure that like everybody has their own sign-in, which was a threat for a minute, right? The threat for a minute was like, we're going to be geolocking stuff. We're going to be, you know, in other words. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did go there eventually. Right. I wouldn't either. I mean, they, you know, that's, that's one way to sort of increase enrollment, so to speak, right, is that you start really looking at, at how many people are signing in right. on one account, where they're doing that from. Because, you know, I, I've mentioned this before, I've given every one of my ex-girlfriends my login. So that's a lot of bleeps across <laughs> the country. They could start with me and that would uh, that would automatically have a, an effect on the bottom line. I just go up to pretty women and give them my Netflix sign-in account. It's not working well for me. I was about to ask if that was, <laughs> if, if that was a good strategy. It's not. No, I know. I suck. Um, but anyway, point being that they could they could go a particular route, right? Uh, me and everybody else. But but uh, you know, what are they trying to achieve with this? I mean, apart from the very short term goal that they are almost certain to achieve this year, which is make a big splash at the Oscars. Okay. I don't know. That's I, that's maybe part of the strategy. But, but that I is see part it. of the strategy. They're probably going to win a couple of Oscars. You know, they've done pretty well. They've won some like short film Oscars. They've won best documentary feature. They've won things here and there, but they're gunning for best picture. And this yeah. year they've got a pretty good slate of contenders with movies like uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and right. Mank and The Five Bloods and a couple other things that w- that may well be in contention. They're almost certainly going to win at least one acting Oscar this year for Chadwick Boseman in yeah. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And and that's going to be right. a feather in their cap. Feather in the cap strategy, for um, sure. Uh, apart from that, like, you know, you're spending and spending and spending and spending, and your subscriber base, again, can only grow so much. I I don't really know the strategy long term there, but I'm also not a god of finance. So, sure. You know, who knows? I'm You know, maybe there is something to that, but... Boy, do I not see it either. I yeah. mean, it's just, it seems like an unchecked growth to me. And, you know, where do you go once you reach the top of the mountain there? I don't know. That's why I throw this question out because I don't have an answer either. It's almost an unanswerable question, as I mentioned, just putting it out into the universe. And then my second question is, is, is a more philosophical one, a broader one, one that applies here, but maybe applies across the board. And that is that here we are, and I'm going to connect Netflix with the, uh, with Roll Tide. Yeah. Here we are just having one, we, you know, you and I are both I, gr- I, graduates well, at I different do, levels. I do take some responsibility for yeah. Alabama winning the national championship. Why wouldn't you, Corey? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, please, believe me, people with lesser connection have taken full responsibility. Right. <laughs> so, but, you know, you're you're a graduate, uh, undergrad, graduate. I'm a, I went to grad school there. Um, I also taught there for 14 years. Yeah. Uh, clearly, you know, it's, it's me that's the reason they won the national championship. Well, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Because I sure needed that this year. You're welcome. I actually <laughs> just so could care less, but couldn't care less. Um, but... Here's the I one time in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, have a have a very drunken discussion conversation with somebody who is at that time an undergraduate who hated Alabama, who hated went to school there but hated Roll Tide, mm. and and one and talked to this gentleman about it and in a very angry tone. 
he said to me, I hate them because they just want to win because they're going to win because they're Alabama because they're Roll Tide because the bear existed at one point and they're just going to win because they're going to win because they're Alabama. And I love that. I love the anger that he brought to that argument, which I was like, yeah, that is kind of annoying. That is kind of irritating. And that is Netflix. It's like, we're the best because we're the best we're going to be. But every great team, every great leader, mm-hmm. every great entity like the studios that we are seeing now with shaky legs, there for every up there's a down. Yeah. Right. So how long can can Netflix maintain this? Like, is there another side to this? Because I promise you, guess who didn't think that there was a downfall? Warner Brothers. Right. You know, every great studio is now really hurting and yeah, begging begging the enemy to buy their content. So is there another side to this for Netflix? Do you see it? Does it happen in our lifetime? It happens eventually. Yeah. I, I don't know the answer to, to when or what the circumstances are. The more worrisome sort of trend, and it's something that we talked about in a recent Reflections piece, is the fact that they are producing, in a lot of cases, what I would call great cinema, uh, some really great movies, a lot of mediocre movies, a lot of bad movies. But the point is it all just sort of gets thrown into the same big pot yeah. um, and treated as just more content to be you know, consumed by uh, a viewer who is just kind of half watching while they're fucking around on their phone. Yep. Um, that to me is is the more worrisome trend for cinema, the Netflix sort of taking over. Because look, like if Netflix and major theater chains, I mean, Sidewalk has obviously played a lot of Netflix content at this point. Um, Yeah, we do. do. And and let me be careful here. No one at Netflix is listening, but they just... We basically just get the keys to the to the DCP. I mean, yeah. we basically just they're like, "You're going to play this because we said you're going to play it." And I mean, we don't we don't have to, but we've been I've been kind of like, "Okay, yeah." Um, and <laughs> they sent us the D. I mean, they sent us the keys. They sent us the DCP. Like here it is. They said we're going to play it. We're not even we haven't requested it. We're not even booked for it. But all right. I mean, I've been kind of going along. Sure, I don't know why. I, I mean, I think that's cool because they've made you know when you see a movie like The Irishman on the big screen, when you see a movie like Roma on the big screen right. or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on the big screen, it obviously, um, I don't I mean, it elevates, just as the big screen elevates pretty much anything, yeah. it elevates that to to a new level than it would if you're just watching it, as, as we've already said, even on a great TV with a great sound system at home. Um, my worry just remains that like, as as wonderful as Netflix has been about producing great films by auteur filmmakers and all the respect in the world mm-hmm. to them for doing that, um, it just kind of gets lost in all the other noise. Agreed. And, Agreed. And, you know, it, it, that sucks because a movie, again, that we've already argued about, like I'm Thinking of Ending Things or uh, a movie that just was released on the streaming service last week called Pieces of a Woman – which I don't know if anybody's going to see. Mm. Um, I don't love it, but it's you know worth discussing. These movies just kind of appear, and maybe they are discussed for like a day, and then they yeah. they vanish back into the grayness of of all of that content. I mean, George Clooney, one yeah. of the biggest movie stars on the planet, starred in his first movie in five years that he also directed for Netflix. Has anybody talked about that movie? 
No, not I mean, a single person. It's uh, not very good. But well, that maybe that's maybe that's why. Maybe the release structure is why. Maybe yeah. that they they dropped it sort of right at the right before the holidays and right before. And Wonder it is Woman kind of and, a downer of a movie. Yeah, I mean, it could be any number of things. And I mean, this is a you know like our last conversation and like reflections can be. It's a, a bit of a nebulous conversation. I don't I don't think there's an answer. It's no, just I don't kind either. of a random discussion. But but maybe I can maybe I'll maybe let me take it here real quick and say this is where we'll we'll sort of at least part A wrap up and that is that you know. The irony of the whole thing, and this isn't Netflix. This this would be this would be HBO Max, but oh, who cares? Uh, what's the difference, really? I mean, they're just sort of competing against oh, each other. Warner Brothers would love for you to to spend the same amount of time and attention on oh, HBO I Max. I know, but here's what they did to themselves, okay? And that is this: that you, you've got a situation, and and not only do they do it to themselves, they did it to the filmmaker, they did it to the film, they did it to the, and it's it's a film that you don't love terribly, but I, I don't think you're going to disagree with me on this, and that is that. Um, you know, here here we go. That the irony in the situation is that you've got somebody who is sitting on their phone watching a film and posting the review halfway through the film because they just can't wait to get that review that you know out there. And then you've got just tons and tons of people on social media saying like Wonder Woman sucks. And I, I get where you are on this. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like I I just think that you might agree though that you've got this blah 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 blah. blah. So here's what's at stake. Uh, you know, you're not even really watching the film because you're so busy. Wanting to get your voice out there, <laughs> you know, and you're watching, uh, you're watching a film that Patty Jenkins has said, the director, the co-writer has said, straight up, this thing's meant to be seen in a cinema. And you're bitching about it because you watched it on your smaller TV, your TV that would take up just a fraction of, of our screen. And our screen isn't even one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Town. And so then all those reviews hit. Oh, my. I heard that, you know, this person said it wasn't good. And that person, all of a sudden, you've got this flood of social media. Wonder Woman sucks. Wonder Woman. You know, and I mean, the critics, too, don't get me wrong. But then you have that happen. And all of a sudden, what happens to ticket sales? Yeah, they've dropped pretty precipitously. I mean, pretty like, I'm just going to tell you straight up. We're looking at, we were looking last week at screenings where you've got two, three people in Wonder Woman and you've got Promising Young Woman sold out. Wow. And I mean, for us, sold out right now is 18 seats. I, we're in a global pandemic. Don't get me wrong. It's not a ton of tickets. But you still are selling 18 seats to Promising Young Woman with two people and Wonder Woman. And that's because of the reviews on one are good and the reviews on the other are bad. And so when you put when – when you try to fit a, you know, a square into a circle and then everybody bitches about it, <laughs> look what happens to your product. Yeah. They really did shoot themselves in the foot with that. I don't know that they had – another option necessarily. No, there's always another option, I, I, you know? But but that, you know... Maybe you go back to a different model. No, that's the thing. We're not going to take them off the hook no. for not being creative. Yeah. Because maybe you go back to a model where you hold that damn thing as precious and you release it. You go, you know what? We're going to release this thing on Christmas Day. We know that it, we know that, you know, attendance is going gonna, is gonna to be reduced in most of a theater. So we're going to look at a month, two-month-long release. We're going to look at holding this thing back on. If you want to see it, see it see it in the theater when you can, and we'll let, you know, we're going to drift with it, mm-hmm. right? We're going to let it go into the spring. Like they did with, with Tenet. Sure, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's. A, I, I'm not here to. You know. I'm not. I'm not here to solve Warner Brothers problems or not. Or the problems of theatrical exhibition. No, I'm not. Or. Or. I mean. You know. Let me defend myself a little bit. Or even say like I'm not being paid to solve their fucking problems. <laughs> so let me not do it. But. But. You know. There is a different solution other than just like oh I don't think there was anything else they could do. Yeah. Um. Well. Hopefully. 
the vaccine will come with yeah. haste. I think that's well, where we landed. Currently, yeah, that's yeah. where we landed last week. I think I when we recorded, we'll like, well, maybe we'll get vaccinated. Twenty twenty six. That vaccine is on its way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't. can't wait to see Dune <laughs> in a theater. <laughs> let me. I said we were going to land right. Exactly. Let me land. I, I said we were going to land part A on a you know one place. But let me just say this, and this will be quick. Okay, and I think you know this is a better place to put us at the end of reflections today, mm-hmm. and that is to say that uh, Judas and the Black Messiah which is a Sundance film is, isn't this, isn't this a weird year all around? That's a Sundance world premiere. Mm -hmm. That world premiere is going to be simultaneous in Birmingham, Alabama and a parking lot on first Avenue North (laughs) and in our two beautiful screening rooms. Don't get me wrong, but what a weird world it is that we're world premiering a film that's already got Oscar buzz. Um, you know, simultaneous with with other places uh, in the country, but very few other places in the country. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very happy about that. That's exciting news. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and uh, you know, the whole Sundance experiment is is very cool. Um, and obviously, where, where wherever you fall in this, I think it's indisputable that seeing Judas and the Black Messiah. On the big screen, if you feel uh, like like that is something you are comfortable with doing, will be a much better viewing experience than waiting for streaming. Even in a drive-in parking Even lot. Even in a drive-in parking it lot. It will be, I promise you. So anyway, that's I thought we'd land on a, on a little bit of a brighter, more hopeful note with reflections today. Wind chimes. So we've got a brand new, very brief segment of the podcast. I hope it's super brief from week to week. Do you <laughs> want to sing it? Called? Well, we just had reflections, so this is retractions, <laughs> <laughs> aka Rachel fucked up. We sincerely regret whatever the error is. I'm interested to hear what this is. What what happened? So on on this on this week's episode of Rachel fucked up and retractions, um, Michelle Williams is not in the faculty. That's the first oh, one. Oh, okay. She's, she is not in the faculty. Damn it. Here's where I went wrong, though. And All I right. just want to clear that up for everybody. So if anybody went and watched the faculty expecting to see Michelle Williams. Just sitting there tapping their feet like, well, come on. Where is where she? Where is she? If that happened to you, first of all, you have my sympathy because every day of my life I walk through it wanting to see Michelle Williams and don't. But at this point, it's more of just like a resigned sigh, like, <laughs> ah, not today either. No, Corey, every day I get in my car, and when nobody's looking, I cry because I'm not in the car with Michelle Williams. Okay, so I feel you. You have my sympathy. She's not in that film. I went off track because she is in Halloween, I believe, H2O yeah. with Josh with Josh Hotnet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has a diff- similar vibe, similar era. Similar era Dimension, and, yeah. pictures, same studio. All the so, stuff. Yeah. So that's where I went wrong. So it, it makes sense. And then, and then the other Rachel fucked up, sing us again. Retractions. Is that it was not a fucking Predator reference in Hands on a Hard Body. It hit me. Uh-oh. It is a Highlander reference. Oh. So a very small detail. The, uh, what, the, there can be only one? Mm. Yeah. It's so it's a it, there's a gentleman in in Hands on a Hard Body that is um, has really is being inspired by Highlander well, to win the, the Hands on a Truck. So um, that if anything is only going to encourage you to see that film even more. But uh, I wanted to clear that up too that that is the, that that is actually the reference. So that's boy I fucked a couple things up. Well, we sincerely regret the error <laughs> and we are happy to set the record straight. Retractions. Thank you so much for listening to Side Talks this week. We're your own cinematic, and you're going to love this one. Okay. Andrew W.K. and Bonavere. 
thank you. What for is the relationship? <laughs> well, you know, they're musicians. They're both musicians, and I feel like it's apropos. It's apropos. Yeah, it is. It, I it, can see them on tour together. But it is 100% clear, I think, which one of us is which. Oh, we don't have to go there. No, we don't. Oh, thanks to Beltwell Studios for hosting us, making us sound good, recording us, doing all the stuff that they need to do to even make us pre- halfway presentable. Sidewalkfest.com is the website. And check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I don't know, whatever social media sites the crazy right-wing terrorists are organizing on. Actually, oh, we're boy. probably not on those. Actually, we probably don't need to include that in the podcast. Oh, or maybe boy. We do. Here we go. It got political here at the end, didn't it? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thanks. Sorry. Don't kill me. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.